Hi, Mark Miller here in New York City for our second session introducing the prospective board members for OWASP. So we've got a, a quite diverse panel here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, we're going to have a set of questions that we're going to go through, but first I'd like to uh, each person introduce themselves, tell us what projects you're working on, and then uh, where you're from. Nigel, I'll start with you. Go ahead and unmute your mic, and we'll get started. Yeah, good morning. Thanks. It's great to be here. Nigel Fair is my name. I'm from Canberra in Australia. Um, I'm the uh, local Canberra chapter co-lead, and great to be here. Great. Thank you. Israel. Hi, my name is Israel Brisky. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I've been active on the local New York, New Jersey chapters uh, for the past three years. I've been a member for about four years now, but active as a chapter leader for the past three. Um, we put on a, a successful conference, AppSec USA 2013, so I've been uh, instrumental in putting that together along with Peter Dean, Tom Brennan, and some of the OWASP uh, full-time support staff. Great, thank you. My cohort from across the river in Brooklyn. Nice. Andrew, good morning. Afternoon. <laughs> Where are you? Uh, it's definitely morning. Um, I, like Nigel, it's 7 a.m. in the morning. Uh, we're um, from Melbourne, Australia. Um, this year I've been working on the developer guide and the and proactive controls and the application security verification standard 2.0. Out of all of those, probably have had the most involvement in the ASVS this year. Great, thank you. Andrew, I'm going to ask that you either bring the mic a little closer. I want to make sure that we get the best audio we can for you, okay? Abbas, how are you? Hello. Hi, I'm good. Um, I'm Abbas Naderi. Uh, I'm a chapter leader for Iran, but I reside in the United States, currently in Charlottesville, and I'm also working actively with the Charlottesville chapter. Um, I lead several projects in OWASP, like PHP security and a bunch of other PHP projects, and I contribute regularly to as many projects as I can. Excellent. Thank you. Abbas, while I have you on, on the camera here, let's start with you with the first question, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, it's an open-ended one, and it's what's the most difficult challenge you think that the board has to face right now? Um, currently, I think the most important challenge is trust among uh, all the members that OS has. Especially in the recent years, we have had a lot of trust issues between members. Um, there's There's been a lot of discussions about issues that were kind of fragile and people wanted more transparency. We've seen two members of the uh, two actual staff of OS leave us, and a lot of members have questions regarding this. And uh, I think this is the more important thing. We should first... Uh, let members and especially leaders feel more welcome and have them contribute contribute more regularly to OWASP and all the decisions that are being made. Great, thank you. Uh, Andrew, I'll go to you. I want to make sure you're unmuted, Andrew. There you go. So what's the most yeah. difficult challenge that the board is facing right now? Um, just picking up on um, where Abbas pointed out, I personally believe that the board has faced some challenges over these last 12 months where things could have been handled a great deal better than they were. Um, 2020 hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I don't want to look back at that and say, you know, we need to 
establish what exactly happened. I don't think that's useful. I think what we need to do is improve our processes so that essentially we have additional transparency, better governance, and introduce some folks who aren't so wedded to the OWASP community. They're, they're much more independent directors and get some diversity in there. Great. Thank you. Israel. So I'm going to echo one of what my colleagues just mentioned there. I think one of the positive things that happened out of this uh, situation that Abbas was referring to was that uh, I'm not an AppSec developer. I'm not a developer. I'm not a coder. I'm involved with OWASP strictly on, on a chapter level, putting meetings together, conferences together. But I think this, was a, this, uh, this event, this negative event that happened over the past year, was a, definitely a catalyst for me to throw my name in and get involved. And I think I'm wondering if some of the other uh, individuals that are running for the board thought the same way. It's really just to add transparency, but more importantly, get back to the roots. What what, what is all us all about? What are we? What's you know? We have a mission statement. Are we living up to our mission statement? Are we including more developers and in, from the community into our projects and our chapter meetings and so on? So I think we need to refocus. You know, get some new faces on the board. Get some fresh blood outside perspectives and make a positive change. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Nigel. Well, great comments all around by the guys and I will echo those, but I think additionally we really need to focus on the strategic analysis of the organisation, identify the key issues, start making decisions and really evaluate the competitive strategies that uh, OWAS has and you know, what are the plans for assessing the various outside in environmental forces that, uh, you know, to unlock the goodwill in the organisation, grow the membership, you know, essentially make better app, app security and uh, focus on assisting chapter leadership. Great, thanks. You know, that leads us into, uh, tangentially into another discussion, which is about diversity, uh, not just in the membership, but all across the organisation. Andrew, I'll start with you. What's your your position on making the organization more diverse? Basically, one of the problems we've had historically with information security is there is an absolute... If you go to any of our conferences and um, look at the participation, it's almost exclusively men. Um, also, to a certain degree, our... Um, um, projects are led by testers rather than builders. Um, our projects are often um, an answer to a problem that we've been trying to solve at that point. So we, we don't really have a large diversity in the folks who are participating in um, OWASP as a volunteering organisation. I want to basically look at the reasons why that's occurring. And one of the things that I wanted to include was both a diversity policy or an inclusion policy that allows chapters to help themselves manage the folks who come to their to their chapters. Because we've had a few instances where you know, a negative influence in the community has been very, very difficult to get rid of. Um, who isn't living up to the OAS standards, who isn't living what we actually do. And I think that is actually putting off folks who would otherwise contribute. And it's Two sides of the same coin. I think we should basically be concentrating on what is it that is actually stopping additional participation from folks from within the developer community and from those folks who currently don't participate for whatever reason. Um, 
I mean, for what it's worth, the OWASP Foundation staff are almost exclusively women, but that's actually extremely rare within any project or within any uh, chapter in OWASP, and I would like to see that change. Thank you. Israel, what's your position here on diversity? I mean, everybody's for it, obviously, but how do you intend to, to make a difference? Well, one of the points that you, the individual, uh, I forget your name, sorry. What's, uh, who just spoke? Andrew. 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 Yeah, so one of the points Andrew just made was, um, I think, you know, the fact that OWASP has all their paid staff, or the majority of their paid staff are women, and something that should be highlighted and promoted. Um, hopefully other organizations follow our lead. But I think from, a, from an individual chapter perspective, every chapter or every chapter leader they know the people that come to their meetings, their conferences, and their regional events. I'm sure there's a diverse set of people, not just men. There's, I'm sure there's women. There's, there's other minorities that are, that are involved on the local level. We should empower our chapters to push these people up into uh, higher visible positions within the chapter, push them up into the foundation, get them involved with projects or, or committees that they could get more exposure in the upper levels of, of, of the OWASP Foundation. That way we could start uh, bringing up the, this, uh, a new diverse set of, of leaders that can you know, eventually run for the board. Thanks, Israel. Nigel, how do, how do you answer that, Nigel? How would you push people up? How would you do that? Yeah, well, it, it, it's, it's a difficult issue and it's faced by not just OWASP, but a lot of organizations out there. And, how we're trying to deal with it with our Canberra chapter is really focus on the non-OWASP mailing lists. So there's a couple of mailing lists we have within government. We're a government town, much like DC. And also the university sector. I'm, I'm based at a university. Um, there's five universities in Canberra. We go out to those and particularly um, young girls coming through, um, you know, might have just finished their Bachelor of IT or similar degree, get them involved not just in the training that we run, but also in the presentations that we have folk come in and give and try and spend some time with them to sort of say, this is your great career and this part of your great career really should be membership in OWASP and contributing. You're on mute, Mark. Oh, that's too bad because it was a great question. <laughs> uh, Nigel, I was asking, is the problem here just specifically gender, or is it is it wider than that? I'm I'm curious. Look, I, I think it is a lot broader than just gender, but gender is probably the the first most visible thing to, to tackle, as the, the other two guys have said beforehand, and the fact that that we're all males here today sort of also answers uh, part of that uh, continuum. So. Yeah, that's, I think that's the first step, and there's a lot of um, you know women starting to come through. I'm noticing um, with undergraduate degrees that are really quite techy people and got a lot to contribute. There's also those that aren't app developers and um, are doing technical degrees, but really don't have any interest in technical issues. However, they understand that they need to be part of it. They might want to get into project management, for example. They might want to get into broader management. Whole range of different aspects and which I think OWASP can really touch on for those people. And of course, you know, the various nationalities. Um, like, a lot of, like the US, Australia is very diverse. Good, thank you. Abbas, 
I, this is, uh, I've interviewed seven men today. What are we going to do about that? Uh, I'm actually going to talk about something else in diversity. Uh, what I think is the most important problem and the area for improvement in diversity in OVASP is that we have a lot of international chapters with a lot of uh, folks in them that are willing to contribute, but they're undermined. They don't have the infrastructure to help. Uh, we see chapters in U.S. and U.K. and like in uh, some limited number of countries that are very active. They have regular meetings. They have uh, projects that contribute and they make things happen. But if you have like a hundred countries or more, I bet there's more in uh, membership of OVASP that have a lot of people uh, listed as members and really want to help. I know a lot of them, but they don't have the infrastructure to help. There are a lot of great developers, testers, builders, and all sorts of folks that want to help in those uh, chapters, but we're only focusing on like United States chapters, and they don't really get the help. I think that's the most uh, important thing that we need to do for now, because uh, we really have a lot of members, and we're not seeing as much activity as the number of members we have should make. Um, if I have time, I have another issue to cover. Um, I also think that uh, the issue of universities is a very important issue in OVASP. We have a lot of universities listed, listed as supporters of OVASP in the main page and in other pages of the uh, website, but um, when you go to these universities, you actually see that a lot of uh, even InfoSec researchers in those schools don't even know about OVASP. They don't contribute to OVASP, they don't uh, benefit from OVASP, and this is something that really needs to be uh, taken care of because a lot of research and effort is happening in these universities. A lot of money is going around. OVASP is spending a lot of money. They really can uh, share their projects with each other and uh, contribute and benefit from each other. Thanks. That's a nice lead-in, Israel, to the next question. What, what we're talking about here is not just diversity, but it's a larger subject of how are we going to get better member participation? Because I think if you look at the, the role, we've got 44,000 uh, people that have actually signed up to be part of OWASP, but how many of those are actually participating? And I would, I would venture to say very few as a percentage. How are we going to increase the percentage of participation? So I look at myself as a, as a great example, a, uh, a use case for, what, for that question that you just asked. I don't have an application security background or, you know, my, it's a pro programming C++ back in 2009 and I really didn't like it. Um, but I st I'm still involved with OWASP. I've been, been involved with for, for three years now. The very reason, you know, you have Tom Brennan and Peter Dean that are running the chapter for the past 11 years, nine years, and uh, I think about nine years in New York City. And they empowered me and they said, hey, you want to get involved with application security? You want to put on events? I mean, I was coming off uh, board membership from the local ISSA chapter in New York. They said, hey, if you want to do some other volunteer work, they empowered me. They said, just make decisions, get things done. Um, I think that's a good model to get, for, to get other chapters to follow that same, follow that lead. You have, you put on weekly, or sorry, you put on monthly or, or quarterly sessions Engage the the audience and, and find out first of all if there's anyone interested in volunteering. Anyone want to want to work on a specific project? Any students in the in the audience that want to you know work on a, maybe a capstone course that they could develop some some tools for OWASP or, or develop for the school and then promote it into OWASP. There there's so many different ways that we could get um, active engagement. I think from the local chapter le uh, level is probably the best way. We're we're the we're the folks in the community. We're partnering with schools. We're partnering with 
with students, we're partnering with, with industry, and we bring people to our, to our events, let's use that to our advantage to get people more engaged. Thanks. Really, no, sorry. That's okay. Nigel, so when I'm looking at this, again, um, as we were just talking here with Israel, how do we get members engaged? We've got the numbers. How are we going to get them engaged? So our strategy in Canberra has been not just our monthly meetings, but to focus on training. And that's really going out broader, looking for the developers that have maybe heard of OWASP but not quite sure what it does, and get them on board and get them in involved in looking at some of the projects with meaning. So we've been doing some of the ZAP training, for example, and getting more people that way to come to our chapter meetings. Out of that, we're getting them uh, a lot more interested. They're starting to talk about where can we pursue grants, government, whether it's in the private sector, what are the technologies, the missions that they need to do their job that uh, the greater OWASP good can help them do. And a lot of that also comes down to the top 10. It's, it's, a, it's a great marketing piece, the top 10, and you know something that we're trying to leverage harder and I think could be used a lot more. Oh, I think you'll get a fight on that from some people, but that's another discussion. <laughs> Thank you. Abbas, how are we going to get more participation? Not just with external people, with new people, but we've got 44,000 members already. Yes, that's exactly the issue that I mentioned in the previous comment. We, have a lot, we already have a lot of members. Uh, if you could like get them to get involved and do something, I don't think we need any more members. Um, I think that uh, the major issue that, I don't know, there's no stats on this, but I, I'm assuming that a lot of members that are kind of not participating from international community, not from US or English speaking world. Um, I think the most important thing that we can do to help them contribute is by first empowering them, uh, using, uh, like having them participate in the decision making, getting them involved in decision making that is happening in OVASP because uh, a bunch of people are making decisions that are not always helpful for all the members. So we really need to have them have a say in this. And then we need to provide infrastructure for them. We need to provide project funding. We need to provide localized projects and contents for them. Because I see a lot of people, uh, I actually believe that OVASP is more helpful for international community because like in the United States, you probably can't find information that you can find in OVASP in like magazines or other technical stuff. But back in my country, it was very rare. There was a lot of people that really relied on OVAS for uh, making their day-to-day -day programming and security. So I think we really need to um, help them by first empowering them and then having more localized infrastructure and projects. Great. Thank you. And Andrew, I think some people would argue the point that Voting is already in place, and yet people aren't voting. When you've got 44,000 members and only 1,000 people show up to vote, you got a problem. Yeah, so engagement is actually one of those difficult things. If you're not within, if you're not actually participating with an OWASP every single week, you're not going to vote. And so we need to actually make it much more interesting for folks to actually participate with an OWASP that will actually then drag folks back into the actual foundation sphere and actually help. Um, make the future that needs to be made. Um, one of the things that I've been doing um, is actually getting out there. And when I talk to folks in my day job, I was actually working with some folks who were working out of uh, Vietnam, and they had absolutely no localized resources whatsoever. 
So I actually spent more time with them to help them understand what OWASP was and actually if any of them could speak English to help translate it into Vietnamese because it was not an issue. It was a, basically a problem for all of Vietnam that there just was no localized material and obviously speaking additional languages there was actually a relatively rare um, skill. So we've got to be able to get out there and actually engage in countries such as in the Asian Pacific region, Latin America and in Africa that have no real um, engagement with web application security at the moment. And the only way to do that is actually get them involved in projects. So we've got to get out there and get people involved in projects. The way that I got involved is I just started doing. I think we've really got to get folks involved either in the chapters or in projects and that will bring them in and they'll start becoming interested in actually running OWASP, becoming a chapter leader, becoming involved in regional conferences, becoming involved in actually running for the board. And if anything, I think we should be concentrating on those areas that we don't have a lot of representation. I think Nigel and I are the only candidates from the Asia-Pacific region uh, standing for the board this time, and I think that's a, a down. Um, considering how active the Japan chapter is, I'm actually quite disappointed in that. Yeah, Rio did do a good conference in Japan last year, didn't he? Very yeah. nicely done. Nigel, I think the next subject we want to approach here is one of sponsorship dollars, which all comes down to how are we handling the finances here. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not people should be able to finance specific projects, how money is allocated. Talk a little bit about what's your position on sponsorship dollars. At a holistic level on pro-sponsorship, uh, the reality is if it's done in a transparent way and with governance being obviously the critical component around that, you need money to do things and the corporate sector, the government sector, some universities, they're the ones with the money and don't necessarily have the breadth um, of the skills and realise that they can get a lot out of OWASP members. So yes, I'm, I'm pro it. We just need some good solid guidelines to sort of say, the, the old what's in it for them, if they're gonna, if a corporate is going to stump up some money, then we've just got to put some boundaries around it. Logically, they're going to want something for that. And, um, you know, I, I think done properly, it's a successful way to, to move projects ahead very quickly and professionally. Thanks. Uh, Avas, it's a, it's a volatile subject. There's, um, there's a lot of pro and con on this. Where do you sit on sponsorship? Well, I'm pro-sponsorship as well. Uh, if you look at other open source communities and open source projects, they all have sponsors because you need money to get things done. And I don't think there's a there's a lot of issue for finding money for OS because it's information security and a lot of people are willing to pay. And I really believe that uh, the products that Apple is making from projects to documents and everything else that Apple uh, OS was making it really is worth the money that companies are paying. They really get their return of investment back. So uh, I really think this should happen, and I believe that it needs some more guidelines because some chapters, I believe, could do huge things with uh, as little money as uh, we would need here to do some minor things. Like, I believe you can like spend $5,000 to run a small scale like meeting or conference or symposium in some uh, chapter in Middle East that would really help the community in there. 
that we can't do much with that money in here. So I think it, it should be guided more. But I'm definitely pro-sponsor. I have to say that your your message is consistent. <laughs> that I mean, you're talking about diversification on an international scale, and you're talking about diversifying the money, even if it's generated here, to diversify it nationally. If I get that right, thanks, Andrew. You got it. Yeah. So, those of you who've been following along for a long period of time know that. Uh, Dennis and myself have had a, a long-running discussion um, over many, many years. This is my daughter, Mackenzie. It's um, breakfast time, and so she'll be wanting to do something about that soon. So he's um, diversifying and getting a new member at the same time. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so um, basically, when I was looking through the financial transparency areas, I looked at the annual reports, and we're spending less than 10% on projects, and these are what we are famous for. And I really do think that we do need to concentrate on how we produce projects, because we need to curate them, which comes into the Joanna um, project rating thing that we're going to talk about a little bit in a few minutes' time. But also, it actually relates to... Well, we do face struggles maintaining the very, very large projects, such as the testing guide, the code review guide, the developer guide, which I'm involved in. And we need to look at the way that we actually fund those, because the only people who can't get paid are the people who create it. And we need sponsorship, and I'm perfectly happy with people having a logo or something within the actual document itself to represent the sponsorship that they've provided, in the same way that DARPA and other funds that are coming from um, the uh, US government for particular research projects, they get credit for the research that they fund. And I think projects should get credit for the sponsors that they've had in a form of a patronage model. And I'm perfectly okay with that. If it allows us to get projects done, and the only way to do that is to make sure that we have good governance over the spending of those funds, because there's obviously if I'm running from the board, and I'm also saying, give me money to run my project, that's not great governance. So we need to make sure that there's very strong governance in there that still allows the developer guide to get done, but also um, represents um, that, that feeling within the board. Because we can't just step out and say, well, I'm involved in a project, therefore I'm not going to vote. Because no one on the board could vote then. Great, thank you. Israel, we have a general consensus here. Can you can you go the other way, or are we, are we all in agreement that we take sponsorship funds? I disagree with all of them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I I really think we listen. We need we need money. We need funds to, to fund projects. I don't I don't know if um, I'm not intimately involved if there has been any recent flame wars in this space. Um, but I, there is a fine line though between you know if there's corporate sponsorship of a particular project and where do you draw the line? So you mentioned before you put a logo on, on, on a document or a book, whatever it is you're producing in terms of the project. Um, that always raises the ire of our members, you know, put corporate logos on it. If this, this company is, is putting out the OWASP top 10, should they have their name on it or should they not have the name on it? Um, it's just, if you have clear guidelines around it, I, I don't see why not accepting money for, for, for sponsorship. I think it's, uh, you need money. Money makes the world go round. So. What about the logos, though? Honestly, do you do you want OWASP material going out with a corporate logo on it? 
So let me give you an example. Uh, in, in the, for the New York chapter, we try to push, and we're, sometimes we're relaxed in this, but when, when a vendor is going to present a talk that's going to be educational, they're not, they're not pushing their products or services, um, we ask them to use the OWASP template. So we do push. Everything should be marketed and branded, branded as OWASP. Um, should the same level of care be put for, for the projects? I don't know. I'm going to hedge on this one. Um, you know, if you have if you have OWASP there prominently, you know, prominently on the front page, so maybe you have the OWASP in a big font, and then you have the corporate sponsor in a smaller font under it. Maybe that's an acceptable uh, compromise between the two camps of, you know, sponsorship, spo no sponsorship, corporate logos, no corporate logos. That could be a yeah, compromise. That's okay. I I want to open up the microphone for everybody here, and anybody anybody can speak on this because I have a specific example here. You've got uh, the Cornucopia deck, which was a really fun project that Colin did. And if you know what I'm talking about, it's the card deck. And there was a sponsor that printed the decks and put their name on it. Does anybody have a problem with that? I do if they didn't have much to do with the project other than just printing it. Because that's, really, that's not really a fair use of it as far as I'm concerned. If Colin's company did it, then I would have far fewer problems. But if it's just simply a company, um, let's call them XYZ, you know, Megacorp, who take Cornucopia and on the reverse side put their logo, that's just not acceptable in my view. I would be fine if they funded the creation of the project and going it through, but if they only funded something and like spent some money to get it published in their, in their name and to um, get their product sold, I wouldn't like it either. But that's not much of an issue. We could have a government, governor, like government team that handles this stuff. And, and I think that's the point. It's the um, what's the transparency that goes around with these things? What's the disclaimer on the document that uh, allows people to do that or otherwise? You know, so the membership understand what it is and why it is if a logo goes on there and what caveats go with it and what, what doesn't. I think it's consistency and governance. Yeah, just one, one of the things I was going to add, uh, Mark, is the way you framed that question, it sounded like the companies went behind people's back and just happened to print it out and it, their, their logo came out on it. Again, I'm not familiar with the project or, or what happened, but I echo everyone else's sentiments. If you have governance around or it's very clear on what's allowed and what's not allowed and everything's discussed in the open, you know, no, no under-the-table dealings and, we, you know, back discussions that no, the rest of the community doesn't know what's going on, um, that could be problematic. But if it's, if you have a governance document that says what, you know, what's allowed, what's not allowed, and the discussions are out in the open, uh, I don't see an issue for, for people putting their logo there. All right, let me backtrack a little bit because I am in complete support with uh, Colin's project and I want it to sound like I was doing it. I was using it as an example. Uh, Israel, in answer to your question there, everything was above board. Everybody knew what was going on with this. As part of an open source project, by definition, doesn't it mean that as long as we acknowledge that it's open source, we can go and use it? All right, we'll leave it at that. Colin, don't kill me on that one. I was just trying to come up with a good example on that. Sorry. <laughs> I do want to point out that the Conocopia, I've actually given it to many clients, and they love it. They really love it. 
So if you're doing agile stuff, it's a fantastic way of generating conversations. Yes, it is. It's a great deck. Yes. All right. Uh, Andrew, I've got you on camera, so I'll stay with you here. Uh, you mentioned earlier Joanna's project. How, how do you? Uh, what's your view of what she's doing with the project analysis? It's absolutely necessary. We've got way too many projects. We need to clear the decks of inactive and substandard projects that have not moved on. Like someone had a really great idea, a project was initiated, they filled in the paperwork, and then nothing happened. We've got so many of those. We need to clear it up so that folks visiting OWASP can see what's relevant and what's not. It also highlights, and I really do appreciate the fact that she's going around and rating even the, the sacrosanct, uh, you know, you know, mega projects like mine, like the developer guide, because it is so old and out of date that it is actually, it's not a good source of information within the OWASP um, wiki at the moment. And so I think it's absolutely a fantastic idea. Uh, how we get to the end of this without boiling the ocean, I don't envy her at all. <laughs> I think it's a huge mammoth task. Um, Sam... I think tried to boil the ocean and it was it, it overwhelmed her. It really did. And we've got to get a better way. So I'm I'm really appreciative of the effort and I'm all for it. Uh, boss, I'll go to you on that. Um, how, how do you like what Joanna's working on? Are you in agreement with that project and analyzing? Uh, I'm going to be short on this. I'm exactly echoing on what Andrew said. Okay, so Andrew, that means Abbas will be voting for you for the board. <laughs> Nigel, how you doing? Um, I'll, I'll agree too, but uh, logically, any um, project initiation documentation all the way through to project management and the, the disciplines around it, it's got to focus on one thing, and that's the benefits. If there's not a clear-cut set of crunchy benefits that's going to come out of these projects that are deliverable, then um, you know they really need reevaluation. So I'm going to agree with the guys 100%. And, you know we need that discipline around everything that gets done. Right, Israel. Now, if I, if I was a project leader, um, my opinion may be different than what I'm going to say right now. Uh, I can I can imagine it's a touchy subject. So if you're you're reducing the level of all the projects until you have a baseline and then you start promoting certain ones as flagship and whatever the classifications are. It, it, it definitely is necessary. We do a very similar thing here in the New York chapter, um, albeit in a different kind of way. For example, we have chapter leaders, volunteers that step up every once in a while, but after three, six months, people drop off the map and they retain their chapter leader title on whether it's LinkedIn or on the meetup.com page, and we sort of clean house. We say, hey, if you're a chapter leader, if you're promoting yourself as a chapter leader for the New York chapter, what have you done? Are you currently working on putting together any meetings, getting us sponsorship, getting us venues for our local meetings? And we sort of purge everything out, whoever folks that are not involved, and we bring new people in. I think that's absolutely necessary for the projects. You, you reevaluate all the projects that are currently being worked on. Uh, if things are stale, things have dropped off the map, and people are no longer active on it, then yeah, you downgrade its status and have people work on it in the incubator stage and bring it back up to flag, flagship status. Great, thank you, thank you. We're coming near the end of our time here, so I want to leave with one thought, and I'll go to each of you to, to really pinpoint. If you get elected, what is the one thing that you're immediately going to start working on that first day that you're elected 
And I'll start with you, Nigel, and, and you can answer that one. I think the theme of all of our um, discussion this morning has been focused on governance. That's you know protocols, policies, procedures within the board, between the board and the operations team, the operations team, and how they can best help the chapter leads. You know, undertake some performance reviews, those sorts of things, some stretch goals. What it is that can really lift the whole organisation, transparency-wise and uh, build it into a, into, a, into a great place and, you know, work out what the competing strategies are, the environmental factors facing the organization and, and what are the plans and how are we going to deliver it. Thank you, thank you. Israel, what's the one thing that you're going to work on the first day if you're elected? Um, probably empower the chapters. So from coming from a local chapter perspective, just really work on spinning up new chapters or helping existing ones. Uh, as we mentioned before, that there's plenty of chapters out there in, in the Middle East and Europe and in, in Asia that maybe don't have the infrastructure, don't have the support that they need. So really bolstering those those uh, uh, chapters and, and spinning up new ones. Uh, we've done that in here in New York. We've, we've always had one chapter. We recently, I say recently, about a year and a half ago, we split to the New York, New Jersey chapter. We're spinning up now a South Jersey chapter. And that getting people from our community, people that come to our events all the time, hey, we just pinned up a South Jersey chapter. Can you run that? And we're getting people to step up. You know, they're smaller chapters initially, but they're, they're working on it. So really focusing on the local level because that, that's where the rubber meets the, meets the road. Getting the developer communities involved on the local level, getting women in technology involved on the local level, all the different things that we were talking about before, it all starts what's going on on the local level. Um, so that's, that, that will be my focus. Thank you. Andrew? Um, realistically, I'm one person on the board, so to a certain degree, it sounds like we're going to have a few agreement amongst the candidates so far, so we might be able to act as a block on transparency and governance, but I'm always for projects, and the reality is I've done nothing pretty much but projects since I've joined OWASP. There was the time that I was the executive director way back when we didn't really have a formal constitution. And I tried bringing in governance and transparency at that point and failed. I really think we need to come back at that and I would like to actually make sure that we have better processes for the board to deal with the foundation and absolutely enable projects to deliver and chapters to help bolster the, the numbers of folks working on projects. So to me it's about fixing the foundation um, at the board level understanding what's wrong, and going forward with, with better governance and better transparency. Thank you. Abbas, I'll let you uh, end it up here. Um, the most important immediate thing that I would do is to gather up a team, get some funding for it, if needed, hire some people, as many as it needs, to clean up the wiki for OASP. After all, it's the face of OASP. And I think it's very bloated. There are a lot of documents that need cleaning. They've been there for several years. They've been really bad, and it's really affecting the image of OWASP to, like, all the world. So the first thing that I would do is get a team and get, get them funded, hire people if needed, and have them clean up the wiki, and that would really uh, boost the spirit of everyone to contribute more. That's it. All right. Thank you all. This is Mark Miller in New York. We've been talking to four prospective board members for the OWASP board. Thank you, gentlemen. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you All right, and I hope to see you at AppSec next Thank week, you. if not before. Thank you. Uh, soon.